0: You're listening to The Loyalty Minute, the show that helps you build better customer loyalty and more valuable user engagement with your host, Rob Gallo.
1: Welcome loyal listeners to another episode of The Loyalty Minute. I'm your host, Rob Gallo, and today I'm super eager and excited to chat with Bob McDonald. Bob is the CEO of Bond, a leading customer experience and brand loyalty business that solves complex customer challenges for some of your favorite brands. Welcome to the show, Bob. Thanks for joining me. Thanks, Rob. Delighted to be here today. So, I mean, you know, this is the pinnacle. When we talk about brand loyalty, we've got Bond brand loyalty. So, (laughs) uh, you know, for those who don't know, maybe they're living under a rock, give them some background if you could on Yourself personally, and then bond brand loyalty and how it it all ties in together. I'd, I'd be happy to. How
0: much time do we have? Because I could go on forever, but I, I narrow, will try right. to keep. I'll try to keep it short. I was born in New York. Uh, I um, uh, so bond Bond is in, as you indicated, the loyalty business, loyalty customer experience business. Uh, and I'll come to the name Bond in just a minute. Uh, I've been part of the organization for. 26 years, I believe. I didn't believe I'd be anywhere for 26 years. We used to be part of Merit's holdings out of St. Louis. Uh, in 2013, we changed our name to Bond to be more reflective of the business uh, that we're in. Bond brand loyalty to be more reflective of the business that we're in. Uh, and in 2015, uh, myself and a group of our of our leadership uh, bought the business for Merit's. Uh, and, and so we have been independent for the last five and a half years as an organization. Uh, I'd say we've been in we've been in uh, the loyalty industry as a business since its inception Uh, you know we uh, we cut our teeth in this industry and and we evolved to it in a particular fashion and we feel so strongly about what loyalty is all about that in fact uh, we named our company perhaps twice after after the notion of loyalty brand loyalty being obvious uh, but perhaps less uh, obvious would be in that lockup would be the word bond. And to us, the word bond is all about uh, connections that withstand the test of time, the longevity of connections, uh, connections uh, based in experiences, connections based in uh, in common interests and personalization. And so when we renamed our company
1: seven years ago, bond
0: uh, was the focal
1: point. Great. Uh, so we're, we're going to get deep into bond brand loyalty, but for right now, I want to touch on Bob McDonald as a consumer. Sure. And just to get just to get uh, a visual picture, maybe with some stories of a brand or two that you're loyal to and why, or a brand that you're more loyal to and not anymore for whatever reason. And if again, if you can kind of wrap it in a story, it makes it easier. Yeah, of work. course. Well, I mean, I, all of these type of types of consumer this is why they're so powerful, is
0: all consumer experiences that are shared. Either positive or negative, are typically, uh, you know, follow a tradition of storytelling uh, and elaboration. So, um, you know, interesting. Here's what I'm gonna I'm gonna name first. I mean, people name Starbucks. They get my order. They put the little heart and the smiley face on it. They get my name right some of the time, etc. Um, I'm not gonna use Starbucks. Uh, I would use uh, actually my my favorite airline. Uh, I am a frequent flyer on Air Canada. I can't wait to get on planes more often again. Uh, I have been a top-tier customer of theirs for a number of years. I've traveled extensively. Uh, I believe that uh, not only – and interestingly, I never really used the points to do anything. Hmm. Um, I use those on my kids and friends, and you know, uh, even donate them at times right. uh, to, to, to different causes. Uh, but the status matters to me. Um, maybe it's a bad word, but the status matters to me uh, predominantly because it allows the entire travel experience to be that much smoother. You know, you you get access in the right, you get through the lines faster. You get uh, you get uh, in some in certain cities, you get uh, concierge service. People will guide you through security um, and. And why I emphasize that? I mean, uh, let's face it. Loyalty, loyalty is programmatic loyalty. Basically, started uh, in uh, in airlines or really propagated within airlines, and it used to just be points and use earn burn uh, systems. Uh, I actually believe uh, Air Canada has, in fact, uh, uh, you now with the new model is using that data and that relationship that they have with me and they know my patterns to actually uh, facilitate what can be a very cumbersome process into as smooth as possible. And I realize it's not for everybody on the plane and that you have to have flown an awful lot to be treated that way. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, uh, I've got a very, uh, I, I, you know, I, I actually appreciate that airline a great deal. And I'm probably a rare person in that, but if I can, if, if I can, as, as they were trying to make that shift, I remember standing at a gate once and, you can imagine the customer, the gate agent, trying to do the right thing. And she paged out in a loud voice as everybody was clustering around the gate, not filing into their lines and so on that they're supposed to. She shouted out, we are only boarding high-yield customers now. Only high-yield customers. <laughs> and what I love about that, obviously, it was an attempt to stratify, to distinguish, to uh, to treat uh high value customers in a particular way unfortunately she just kind of missed the mark a little bit uh in terms of her representation of who that audience might be
1: so clearly i had overpaid for my ticket (laughs) yeah that's uh status in that context because can work for you and against you in that instance where people are looking at you like all right who is this guy right you know yeah exactly of you know back in the casino days when i had a casino we had an online big on like us, you know. And we had a uh, we had tiers of groups of customers that would get certain, like if they called in and they yeah, um, you know the customer the service agent is gonna put in their name, it's gonna show up with a pattern or, or a color across the top, and then yeah. they would transfer to a preferred player or a VIP player. Again, you know, we had customers that we would give $30 travel vouchers to, and we had customers that would get a set of golf clubs for Christmas. Uh, absolutely.
0: You know Absolutely. I mean? So, uh, but <laughs> so, so I actually, so I, uh, so I, I, you know, I actually think that when I think of loyalty, I think of way beyond programmatic and, and do this, get that as explicit, do this, get that. I actually believe it is exactly the way you described it. You're offering your, uh, your taught in that scenario, a, a Vegas casino is offering their top tier customers. They particulars are probably flights down. they probably probably going well beyond that. Um, yeah. Uh, they're offering a certain level of service, and I actually think they're not even trying to hide it. They're actually trying to give everybody else uh, something to aspire to. Absolutely. So you might have uh, you might have a little bit of a you know you might look at that person who's getting to the front of the line and think what the heck, but at the end of the day, that is what the you know what you want as the business that is what you want to have happen you want right. the people just to, to aspire to transact with you more often so they can be treated the same way and it's a, it is you know it's a chicken or egg argument in a certain way but uh, i absolutely think that's one
1: of the goals yeah but at the same time obviously you don't want to alienate the uh, steady group of customers that are making up the masses even though they don't really, you know, I mean, we have the 80-20 rule where 80% of our business came from the top 20% of our clientele, which oh, yeah. is in every industry. But the bottom yeah. 20%, you know, the thing is is that you obviously have to treat them right because otherwise they can put, give you a flat well, tire by. Well, in your, well, in your example, it was actually the bottom 80%, right? <laughs> like who's producing 20% of the results. That's yeah. a lot of people who can yeah, put a exactly. hold your tire. Exactly. Right. So, you know, keeping them all happy and on, on an individual, personalized basis is a difficult task, or at least it was back in the day. Now, yeah. it's, it's easier, I think, with technology, artificial intelligence yeah. that, that can kind of pinpoint certain people and their trigger points and things like that. And it, that, that's going to lead me into my next sort of question, which is, uh, as a you know, now, now let's talk about from a, a business standpoint, you're running an agency that manages and maintains loyalty on behalf of other clients right so correct you have two different bits of loyalty you you know your customers and clients that are loyal to you but then you're managing and maintaining or spiffing up their loyalty program to have their clients and customers loyal to them so yes yes my my question is um first from your customer's standpoint to you, to to Bond, how do you look at that in terms of measuring it and tracking the the loyalty and and maintaining it, obviously?
0: You know, I've been working on this thesis recently, this notion that says that, uh, you know, the the age-old proverb of treat people how you would want to be treated yourself, right? Everybody's heard this? Yeah. I actually think... It's a good starting ground, but that's not it. I actually think treat people the way they want to be treated. Uh, And if you're treating people just like you want to be treated, then that's actually fairly self-absorbed at its core. Mm -hmm. That's not very empathetic. And that's not really, uh, you know, uh, seeking to understand more about the the audience that you're talking to. So I don't know what kind of heresies I've just created out of that. But that that notion is an important one. So with regard to your question, um, I believe same thing that we would say to our customers which is you ha- you know everybody's overusing the term personalization but if you think about what's at the core of that i mean over, they're they're overusing it and uh, underdelivering it uh, at the core of that notion is the idea that you are going to seek to understand meet people where they are and uh, uh, deliver experiences that are to their expectations That's well, yeah. It's easy for for you and I to say if we were interacting one on one. Mm -hmm. How do you now do that on scale? A lot more difficult. And that's, you know, I guess that's why the marketing industry over the years is has uh, you know tried to distinguish demographics, psychographics, you know, set market segments, personas, and everything else to try to bucket it down. I would suggest the goal is to try to try to know all of them um, individually. Now, is that aspirational? Probably. Uh, but uh, but I think never has there been as much uh, data offered up that can be used in a uh, benign for good purpose to deliver experience to customers that they want. Everybody, I can tell you, we are not in the business of monetizing data at all, not at all. The only thing we would do with data that's offered by by our customers' customers is help guide towards delivering experiences that are more meaningful and on, mar- on the mark for those individuals, mm-hmm. so I think technology and data is allowed for personalization or individual relationships on scale, unlike ever before. So you take that same thinking, and it's it should be easier for Bond with our own customers. It's not to say that we're always perfect at it, um, you know, especially in this particular environment where you can't just you know often just go sit with a client and and uh, you know figure figure stuff out, yeah. um, but. Uh, but our, our ability to, to meet our clients where they are, uh, provide service to those clients, to prove ourselves and, and prove the, the uh, uh, efficacy of what, of what we're recommending to our clients and then continue to grow with our clients is the way in which our business is modeled. We are not uh, pounding on doors trying to find new clients. We wanna delight the hell out of the clients we have today, help them connect with their customers uh, and expand through uh, through references um,
1: yep. is basically our approach to the marketplace. Yeah. So I was on your site before the uh, before we got on the call, and I saw. So for example, what you did with Scene, right? Yes. So the the case study with Scene, um, and for those in in uh, the, the lower forty eight that don't know what Scene is, <laughs> it's um, it's a Cineplex uh, rewards platform for. The movie theaters. I think they're in conjunction with Scotia Bank. I don't know if they're.
0: Yeah, there's there's a number of partners involved, but but Cineplex is the largest theater change similar to an AMC uh, in the U.S. Uh, and that they've got a, a significant market share in Canada. Great organization. Yeah, and it is a partnership with them and Scotia Bank.
1: So, so in essence, you know, you're earning rewards for doing things uh, that relate to the brand as a consumer. Um, so, in something like that, you know, when you put that together and I think it was called synapse if I'm not mistaken uh, our technology platform is called synapse and that's the that's the the brain and the engine behind the scene program right so um, for an end user who's interacting with this platform are they recognizing this bond come up anywhere no or? no 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 nor should we no um
0: you know we this is this is uh you know we 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 consider ourselves to be a secret weapon for our for our for our clients uh right. you know i i i yeah we love recognition when we can get it but but uh that's not the goal the goal is it should all it should be all seen in that particular case yeah um so so but uh you know my my dream of that program and then it's been a tough year for for uh, for obvious reasons for theater chains everywhere yeah uh and you know my hat goes off to the folks at cineplex for the for the you know for the for the year that they've put behind them now and i think they're really coming out of it which i think is terrific it's a great organization so um you know, my goal, our our goal, our ambition for that particular uh, program in the future. Wouldn't it? Wouldn't it be brilliant if, if in fact, uh, you you bought a ticket online. You know when the tickets. You know when the person's going to be going. You know when you're going to the theater. You you choose one of the scene partner restaurants, uh, and that system all works together to communicate who you are, what movie you're going to. When you're going to be coming out of the movie, you could offer some faster meal in advance. You could offer dessert after, or come back after the movie. And there's all sorts of mechanisms that could be used to offer up uh, an, a, an evening of experience based on, as I said, first or zero-party data that's being offered up by those consumers in order to get a better experience.
1: Yeah, as long as it doesn't become too creepy, you know? Yeah, right. Obviously.
0: Well, I actually... <laughs> I mean, you know, you know, this as well as I do. I actually, I actually believe loyalty to be the highest form of hand raising. Uh, This, this, these, these are people who are raising their hands and say, I want a relationship with this brand. Uh, And, and I think there's ways of offering up permissions and, and uh, you know, uh, do I want to be anonymous? Do I want to be, you know, do I want to be in person anonymously or do I want to be in person um, uh, visible as a member of it and give me what you got?
1: Yeah. So I mean, that leads into one of my other questions in terms of the future of loyalty. Beyond the technology of it, although, you know, I had a guest on a couple of weeks ago. He went into a technology based example and I was like blown away. It was Wawa of how he goes into Wawa every morning and and you know, they would have his donut there and they knew his favorite donut, but on Wednesdays he didn't need a donut or whatever the case may be. And it was he had this thing nailed down. That's amazing. I gave them the question prior to to the episode, so he must have had time to write it. But you know, again, not not getting too deep into the weeds, but what does the future of loyalty look like for you post-pandemic? You know? Yeah, I you know, I you know, we, we obviously spent an an incredible
0: amount of our time thinking about the future of loyal relationships. And I am going to change the words a little bit because I I do think to, you know, a good percentage of the population the word loyalty is to- toasters out of a warehouse or or, you know, truly just earn and burn relationship, a delayed discount of some sort. So I actually I actually believe as I as I mentioned a moment ago that loyalty is actually a that a, that a loyalty construct a view of your customers or any audiences, because I think you can look at employees this way and you can look at your you know, resellers and retailers and, and everything else this way as well. That a, a loyalty construct, by using loyalty mechanics and enabling you to, to view your customer population or your or your, your audience population uh, in different ways and offer up experiences that fit that, that person, that personality uh, I think is it's it's about the it's about the experiences it's about the the uh, uh, the, the service level offered it can even be about product enhancement of some sort um, you know continuing to modify the way a product is based on what your most loyal customers uh, are looking for um, so I actually think I I mean I believe it, as I said it, I think it's a it's a it can be weaponized into a uh, weaponized for good—maybe that's an oxymoron—but <laughs> that it can be weaponized into a way for brands to truly connect. I also believe that you know this last this last eighteen months has had even the most uh, outdated bricks and mortar company have to scramble uh, to get into e-commerce to you know develop a, a, a some form of digital remote relationship with their customer base. So. Everyone who comes out of that strong will likely have a greater sense of who their customers are. Uh, and I believe there's a powerful opportunity for, for those organizations that were traditionally bricks and mortar have been forced into becoming more e-commerce focused to combine those two, two elements. Uh, into a comprehensive set of experiences for their for their customer base, mm-hmm. uh, even so much that v- today, hearing that Amazon, you know, we thought they were creeping into this with uh, with Whole Foods a while back. I heard on the I heard on the radio this morning that uh, Amazon is now looking at a looking at some department store like structures uh, in various centers through the U.S. Yeah. So, uh, you know, they're a fairly smart organization. Uh, they understand data. I think, I think they're seeing something in this
1: uh, in, in this as well. Yeah. Well, I, they did a deal with Kohl's uh, a year or st- maybe two years ago, even more, where you could return things now at Coles in addition to Whole Foods and things like that. And I think, obviously, Walmart is, is playing a big part in that of direction of them realizing because I, I shop on Walmart.com all the time. It's exactly like Amazon in the context that it's not just Walmart products. They have a marketplace from tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands, of different vendors that are using their platform and getting they're getting commissions and things like that. So, you know, it's uh, two day shipping, you know, it's it's the same thing. The only but downside is I don't get free movies watching, <laughs> you know, the with my Amazon Prime. <laughs> with Amazon Prime. Well,
0: well, well well, so maybe you're
1: onto something. Right, so
0: so if 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 the story I just told of what I heard this morning, and I, again I was following Kohl's and Whole and Whole Foods over the years, waiting for something like this, but for them to be coming out of the pandemic, looking at basically setting up an Amazon version of a Walmart store, mm-hmm. um, and if Walmart has gone to the Amazon direction, now you start to look around that and say, where might where else might Walmart go to try to offer more of that comprehensive offering that Amazon has, such as. Prime video content. Uh, so, what's what would Walmart's version of that be to enhance that? Because I bet you lots of people are saying what you just said, which is, I, I love Walmart just the same as Amazon, except I don't get that Prime stuff. Yeah. Um, so that's something for you to think about. What
1: what comes next for them? Yeah, true. So when you think about loyalty, all right, I'm not loyal to Walmart by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, that's just a, a price type of thing. Although I do get treated. You know, they have, there's a actually they have grocery stores now. Walmart down here has grocery stores in Florida, which is interesting. Yeah, you know, I never, no, never sure. really thought. Well, of that. is it is it in the back? Is it a back no, 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 of no, it's a it's dry goods or store? It's... Oh, really? Huh. Yeah, it's called Walmart, Walmart Green. Huh. So if the if the facade of the store is green, it's just a supermarket. They have okay. maybe five or six aisles that have some other ancillary stuff, yeah, but it's right. it's a supermarket. Just like any huh. other supermarket. market, wow. so and I think they recognize that as well because of the fact of the you know the margins being as low as they are throughout the entire company that you know consumables uh, at the food level are uh, obviously a staple people are eating every day, and that's why I'm
0: going to come in more frequently. But we, you just hit on it right there again. Look, they just created their own whole foods. Yeah. So, so, like these, the dance of these two organizations is becoming a little bit more, uh, more explicit in terms of the directions that they're taking um,
1: to to replicate the other. It's interesting. Yeah. Well, obviously, you know, you know, Bezos is uh, Jeff Bezos is, uh, I think, future is taking over the world. <laughs> yeah, right. Of course, going into space and whatnot. Um, so. I know we could talk about this forever, but, you know, we're, we're getting to the point where the attention span and the listening <laughs> ship gets to the point where it's like that. So let me ask you this. What sort of actionable advice could you give to our listeners that they could implement in short order that would increase their loyalty, their customers, you know, being loyal to them?
0: Yeah, so I, I, I I'm not going to be as succinct as that. So I I hope I can hold your your listeners' uh, attention. Um, I I I think there's a number of things. Um, I think that, or we believe, uh, it's a lot of what we've already talked about here. Uh, we believe that uh, use the data provided by your most loyal customers. Uh, to do good, right? To to deliver, enhance service, product experience, whatever the case is, not just an exchange, a transactional uh, exchange. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe, uh, for many organizations, so I, I touched on it in the in the uh, bricks and mortar example, many organizations need to play to their strength. Uh, or all organizations need to play their strength. And many of those businesses, it, it, people are dying to get back into that bricks and mortar space. So how do you use that e-commerce relationship? If you've been lucky enough to do that, that you've established to now enhance the experience in your traditional bricks and mortar space. I think that is going to be huge. And the examples we've just riffed off of uh, each other are exactly that Amazon getting into it, uh, you know um, Walmart going in a different direction with a uh, green grocer and so on. So, uh, that would also be it I've, I've often said that you know that the Netflix and the Amazons of the world know who you are as soon as you walk in their door I mean, mm-hmm. probably just as you're thinking about it uh, and uh, you know your Dwayne Reed or Walgreens is lucky to figure out who you were that evening after you've left yeah. so how do you actually start to start to create that bricks and mortar con- in the bricks and mortar that type of frictionless um, uh, but meaningful relationship that can happen? as you walk in the storefront uh, and cruise the aisles. And I do believe that technology has been accelerated to such an extent that that, that in-store experience is going to be more reflective of what you'd experience online. Uh, I, think, I think constantly thinking about how, if you've got a traditional loyalty program and I, you know, they're, 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 they are wonderful, there's lots of noise uh, out there around them. So constantly, you know, like there's a lot of a battle for share of wallet. I think constantly striving to figure out how to enhance, without a race to the bottom in terms of spend, how to enhance uh, the service, uh, the the extra perks and experiences that come with that um, that uh, that membership, so that you can you know very tra- we can help organizations very traditionally move through. Uh, you know, move your next twenty percent up to the top ten percent, and move your bottom fifty percent, you know, up a little bit, and move it along to increase to grow your business. I think those fundamentals remain true no matter what audiences you're talking about.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah that's that's very true. In fact, you know, um, I think I don't know if we talked one after I hit the record button, but we were talking about uh, Shell's fuel rewards program right and and bond did a um, you know a loyalty report on them and it, it was named the top gas community loyalty program so they have a coalition loyalty program in there where you could now shop online at various different places and earn more gas right so right. you know the, the traditional loyalty model is buy from me I give you more little perks and benefits to then do what buy from me again. So it's a, yep. it's a cycle, yep. which is great. But now, what if it's buy from someone else but still earn my currency, yep. in exchange? So you know, credit cards have been doing this for forever. That one percent cash back on this, two percent. Yeah, on this. and
0: there's even more. Sorry,
1: you had a question. Keep going. No, no, keep so going. I guess the I, my thought was. That and when we talked about it before, we hit the record button. Which was the airlines that are all doing this, but the online shopping mall and what have you. That you can earn elsewhere and burn off in your. That's right. In your own environment.
0: Yeah, we we actually are, are 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 really focused on this this notion of card linking, which is the opportunity for you to you know without setting up a coalition and all of the intricacies of that. To allow for uh, you know sharing of perks and benefits, and you know putting a putting a card on file that allows for those uh, you know the, 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 those benefits to flow accordingly mm-hmm. in what represents more opportunities to earn, um, potentially more opportunities to burn, and a and a almost uh, uh, informal, less frictionful—it's um, a word—less frictionful uh, uh, experience for the consumer. Um, and we're seeing, we're seeing this type of thinking really take off, uh, I'd be happy to talk to you about it, uh, in another, uh, in another session or just one-on-one would be great.
1: Yeah, for sure. Okay. Well, again, like I said, uh, time-wise, I think we're, we're probably at the end of the platform at uh, the end of the show. So if listeners want to get a hold of you, Bob, to learn some more about, uh, Bond, what's the best way they could do that? Uh, absolutely. Fire me off a note at, uh, or go to our website at,
0: uh, bondbrandloyalty.com. Or by all means, send me an email at bob at bondbl.com. Excellent. Um, happy to uh happy to engage in a conversation and keep this sort of thing going. Um, at another juncture, I'd love to share with you our thoughts. Uh, we are creating a working title, Bond Institute, uh, that will be applying loyalty and marketing service expertise into the not-for-profit sector, more purpose-driven activity. And I'd love to get uh, kind of industry support in that into the future as well. So Fantastic. maybe that's a future conversation.
1: So is that like... Uh, a- a course someone would take well we're, we're we I mean, you were trying to wrap up and here I go just <laughs> that's all right uh
0: it is a uh it, uh, it is a it is we've designated one of our senior people as the executive director of uh, they are going to work with academia and all the latest in neuroscience, behavioral economics, uh, nudge, nudge thing, theory, all of that sort of, you know, loyalty mechanic work, and then think about uh, how it can then be applied into whatever objective, uh, you know, everybody becoming just that much greener in their activity. Uh, Let's get more shots in people's arms. Uh, How can you start to use this sort of, a loyalty mechanic, uh, marketing mechanic, uh, towards, uh, purpose-driven social good type of activities.
1: And we're really passionate about this, uh, yes. as a, as a venture for us. So we will definitely have to have another episode that will wrap around that completely. Cause I love, Absolutely. The, I love the topic as well. All right, listen, Bob, I appreciate your time. Uh, I want to thank our loyal listeners for being loyal listeners, investing some of their valuable time with us. If you feel you receive value from the show, we'd appreciate a five-star review on your favorite podcast streaming service. If you think you know someone else who might receive value from listening to the show, please do share. That's how we grow. To reference this and other Loyalty Minute episodes, please visit theloyaltyminute.com. Enjoy.
0: Thanks for listening. Be sure to tune in tomorrow for your next edition of
1: The Loyalty Minute.